ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Chris and Andre Show. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Chris and Andre Show, episode 34, and Chris, you're going to love this part, recording on September 8th. Ooh, <laughs> timestamp. Timestamp. Uh, yeah, I know you're busy, but I'm glad everybody's here, and uh, Chris is doing a good job of getting caught up again. Ooh. We'll see if that plays out this week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have started editing the most recent episode. Uh, we'll see if I finish it, uh, along yeah. with this one, maybe even. That'll be so sweet. I, I would be, so, <laughs> I would be so impressed. Yeah, it'll be your birthday present. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> your belated birthday present. <laughs> we're, all, we're all caught up again. Let's let's see how that works out. Yeah, yeah. A lot of stuff's been well. The, the holiday was great. Um, like I typically take my birthday off from work and don't work, but I extended that to Monday. Nice. So it took me a while. I was dragging butt all day yesterday. Um, but yeah, a little bit older. Feels a little good. bit wiser. Yeah, hopefully so. Yeah. Um, it's time for politics. A lot's been going on. I, I've been trying to figure out a way to like, I'm personally tired of talking about Donald. He just frustrates me. Yeah. Uh, but I will say I can't wait for the election. Like I somehow my wife's absentee ballot got sent before mine. So I'm kind of concerned about that. Oh, the whole, that whole thing has got me super confused. So I don't know, maybe like a month and a half ago, right? I received my application in the mail. I, I immediately sent it in. Like mm -hmm. I, I can even go look on the Instagram because I do remember that the envelope that they sent was not large enough to fit the form in it. Did you have that issue too? Actually, I downloaded the form and I emailed it. Ah, okay. Well, that probably... They, they sent me one and so I was like, oh, okay, well, I'll just fill it out. Um, Then, like a month later, I got another one. Really? And I was like, okay, that's weird. And then I got an email from somebody that was like, hey, you know, make sure you're, you know, you get your absentee ballot. And I'm like, all right, this is weird that I keep getting, you know, like notifications that I should request my absentee ballot. And so right. I went online and I was like, I'm going to make sure I request. And I was like, you know, notice you've already requested your absentee ballot. And so I haven't gotten mine yet. Uh, I got like the Democratic, uh, Here's who we want you to vote for things stuffed right. in my mailbox yesterday. Uh, Helena, Helena picked it up and she comes running up and she was like, is this junk mail? And I was like, yeah, you can throw it away. <laughs> like, I, I mean, it's like, you know, uh, I know who I'm voting for on the presidential side, but I am going to do my own research on everybody else. I don't need them telling me who it is that yeah i need to vote for i i totally agree with that because i don't want to see i don't want to do a straight ticket yeah. for but i do i'm probably going to vote for a lot of democrats if i'm being honest i will say it is it is concerning to me the amount of confusion that there seems to be around the voting stuff right you know like i mean i i don't mean to brag but i am a fairly intelligent 
you know, human being who has existed in the world long enough to know how things generally work. And it's been confusing as hell to me to just kind of like make sure, you know, I'm not going to do the thing where like I send in my absentee ballot and then I show up on, you know, voting day (laughs) and try to vote in person. Uh, Though I have been considering volunteering for um, the like poll watchers or, you know, whatever, Right, um, stuff I can do to kind of contribute on that end, but um, yeah, I don't know. It's it's I'm with you in that I can't wait for the election to get here because yeah. it's. It, I was reading an article just a little bit earlier, and I meant to send it to you that the Trump campaign is running out of money. Yeah, I thought that's funny, <laughs> and they fired Pascal. Uh, well, they didn't fire him, but he basically got demoted or, you know, reassigned to another position. And they brought in this new guy whose like exclusive job it is to manage the budget and make sure that they don't completely run out of money. And part of what, you know, the, some of the strategists or analysts were saying is it's like, well, yeah, I mean, this is what happens when you try to run a campaign for four years while you're in office. Like campaigns are expensive. You have to pay all of these people. And then looking at some of like the expenses that they had were kind of ridiculous. And especially compared to what they had done in the 2016 run up where it was very like kind of bare bones, you know, like folks working in mobile trailers and stuff like that. And this time they like rented out these huge complexes in Virginia and, you know, had all of these employees on staff for all these years. And now it's like, you know, Biden came out of the, uh, was at the DNC and he was way behind, but now he's caught or out of the primaries, but now he's basically caught up and surpassed, you know, what the Trump campaign has left. Um, and what, then what, go ahead. Sorry. What's interesting to me is that a lot of, um, it was a, quite a handful of millions of dollars went to Trump's properties and Trump organizations, which I think is kind of interesting. I mean, I, I don't, it's not, is it really any different than what he's been doing all along? Like all of his trips to Mar-a-Lago and stuff like that. It's not like he's not paying or charging, you know, like, I mean, and, and the cost for the secret service and all that stuff to go down there. And I mean, you remember, I think way back when they were talking about like the local police, you know, were so underfunded in order to, and like, you know, unprepared to handle that type of situation um and it's it's just <laughs> I don't know, it's interesting like i'm with you in that i don't i don't want to spend a ton of time talking about him um either because i've i've just kind of like gotten tired of it you know there's nothing left for us to say at this point yeah. and I, I i just hope he doesn't get reelected um because otherwise we're gonna have to talk about him for another four years and that's just not gonna be fun <laughs> I don't want to do that. And I'm, I am so exhausted. I actually watched um, his speech yesterday. So, and the reason why I do that to myself, it's, it's like, it's not punishment to myself, but it's so I don't get the clips. You know, I I just can't stand the news clips of, you know, I want to hear what he actually says. And dude, he's just like, he's a piece of work, man. He was so incoherent yesterday. And (laughs) it's it it is kind of weird you know watching him talk um because he just kind of stumbles through his thoughts 
out loud. And, <laughs> you know, I, I mean, I, and it's weird because for some people that is very like, it's it's almost charming, you know? They're like, well, he just says it was on his mind all the time. And it's like, yeah, but that's not how your brain and your mouth are supposed to work. No. <laughs> I'm just sorry. Like, if everybody said what was on their mind all the time, nobody'd have any friends. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I I say what's on my mind within reason. There's right. sometimes I keep my mouth shut. You know, um, I mean, like the the adage, right? If you don't have something nice to say, don't say anything at all. To yeah. an extent, right? Like, I mean, you, yeah, I'm with you in that you provide. It's important to provide, you know, the necessary feedback let's say yeah but not <laughs> i mean it's just crazy uh but i i really hope that um you know I, I said a while ago that what we need is for him to be at the forefront and talk every day gosh are you and, still feeling that way or you want to change your mind on that <laughs> it's still so painful man it's so painful it is it really um, is and um yeah i almost bought one of the 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 books that people have written about him, but I was like, no, I'm good. I mean, like, I'll take the cliff notes on that. Everything else, it's like, what does he say in the news? And hopefully, people are able to make a, a conscious decision. That's you know, whatever decision people make. I hope they can live with it. Basically, is what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, but I do hope that some people really examine their their opinion on uh, Donald. So. I mean, he's the president of the country, but he's literally not my president. Like, I, I want nothing to do with the guy. Um, hmm. Yeah. Here, here. I feel, <laughs> I feel better about that. <laughs> so, some funny business news. Yeah. Uh, Collaboration. Synergy. Thinking outside the box. Raising the bar. Breaking down silos. Shifting the paradigm. Disrupting the market business gosh there's lots of stuff going on in business world lately but yeah wow mcdonald's is getting sued by uh black franchisees Mm -hmm. and so to fix that they introduced the travis scott meal (laughs) which is (laughs) i mean is that not like that seems like such a (laughs) like who does that who's in charge of that stuff that's what i want to (laughs) know That's just such poor timing, if nothing else. Like you got to recognize the optics of that, man. I mean, the optics. We talk about that. Yeah. It's, it's like, uh, okay, guys. Um, oh. I've actually stopped being a customer there. I, my daughter likes their uh, their frappes, and um, I went to one of the local McDonald's, and um, kid you not, I ordered it properly, and the lady taking my order. She goes, what flavor? And I said, I believe I said mocha. You know what she said to me? No, you didn't. <laughs> I was like, okay. And I just drove off. Yep. I'm like, I don't, I don't have time to, I'm not going to give that company my money. Yep. I, I just don't want to. I, I, I'm, I'm good. That is, that is literally the opposite of customer service. Like that's, all, that's not, <laughs> you, don't, yeah. you don't argue with the customer over something that's stupid. Even, yeah. even if they didn't say, you're like, oh, my bad. Yeah. What, what is the point? You know, yeah, <sighs> yeah, I yeah. I hear you on that one. I uh, I mean, I haven't been you know personally, uh, really, I guess, what is it? Uh, completely paying 
uh, no, no, just get going to McDonald's. I'm going to go back and edit all of this out. So I haven't been going to McDonald's much lately, mostly because I've been vegan. Um, but Helena had kind of gotten into hamburgers and cheeseburgers lately. So she likes their Happy Meals. Um, and she really likes their, uh, what is it, the pink lemonade slushy thing that they make, which yeah. is literally just the Minute Maid syrup in it's, crushed ice. It's a lot of sugar. That's all it is. So like what I what I did was I was like, all right, I'm just going to buy raspberry lemonade at <laughs> home and put it in the little bullet blender. And I'm like, here's your <laughs> raspberry thing. Like, this is really good. I was like, thank you. <laughs> Yeah, I, I um yeah i'm probably not like fast food is probably not my thing anymore fast casual i can probably do uh like a chili's or a red robin they actually have a menu um but yeah i i it's not sad that mcdonald's is getting sued and and one of the articles i read from the wall street journal they were saying that oh mcdonald's is saying that they've made more black millionaires than any other company in the world and the guy was quick to note uh nfl nba <laughs> like you guys are not the only game in town yeah um and i i, I get their plight a lot of those guys have stores in in tough markets yeah and um but that also cre- you know continues the the problem of there's not a lot of healthy options in the inner city right you know so yeah i mean and i I thought it was interesting the article I was reading about the Travis Scott meal that it is almost the exact same meal as Michael Jordan's uh, air, you know, pound or whatever the Jordan burger, McJordan. Uh, yeah. That it was like a quarter pounder with cheese, with no ketchup and barbecue sauce. <laughs> and, you know, it's like, all right, this, I mean, is this like the only, is this what black people eat? Is this what is this what that is? I mean, because that's what it kind of seems like, right? Like, oh well, this is the only thing black people come to McDonald's for is a quarter pounder with no che- no ketchup and barbecue sauce. And their marketing person, uh, they they made a point that um, Travis Scott is popular with people that aren't my age. Yeah, I'm not a fan, so uh, I I can't really relate to that. But when I go to McDonald, when I used to go to McDonald's, I either got a Big Mac. Or a double quarter pounder with cheese, because I'm trying to eat, yo. Yeah. Um, then there'd be times I get a double quarter pounder with cheese and a McDouble as my side piece sandwich. <laughs> it's like <laughs> I mean, I'd I'd straight sit there and eat like three regular hamburgers and a large fry. Like that, yeah. <laughs> that was usually my go-to. I used to do Big Macs, um, and I was never a quarter pounder guy though. I don't know why. Like I could never really get into the quarter pounder at McDonald's. It was always just I wanted the regular hamburgers. Oh, when they were fresh, the quarter pounder patties were yeah. freaking delicious. They were really good. Yeah. Um, but now I, I don't need the heartburn or the indigestion. Oh, I know. Yeah, that's that's exactly where I'm at. Like, I, <laughs> I feel so much better when I eat something that I make at home, you know, yeah. as opposed to like going out anymore. Uh, cooking. We um we were down in Wilmington this weekend visiting my parents and my sister and, and her husband were in town and so Sunday night uh we went to this place circa 1922 in downtown Wilmington it's, it's like right on Front Street um 
and it was it's it's a really cool place. I mean, like the interior is done like a speakeasy kind of you know style, um, and all of the wait staff are dressed kind of appropriately. Um, but the food was good, you know, like tapas and stuff like that. Uh, I forgot where I was going with this. Oh, just um, eating out. But yeah, <laughs> like so, you know, trying to trying to find stuff that's vegan. You know, this is, so this is the second time now that we have chosen a tapas place to try because when we looked at the menu, it's like, oh, they've got Brussels sprouts and cauliflower and all this stuff. And we're like, cool, cool, cool. And then we get there and they're like, oh, we don't have any of that. This is this is our other menu, even though the menu online said that it was current. Huh. And so that's I always went, really frustrating. <laughs> I went to uh, Moonrunners in Garner. Mm-hmm. This is the second time I've been there. Um and the first time I went there, I got their cheesesteak with mus- mushrooms as a substitute. Mm-hmm. Pretty good. And I looked on the menu before I went this time. I saw they had a veggie burger. Dude, it was actually pretty good. Yeah. I don't, uh, I believe it was a black bean, but it really was good. I was, I wasn't underwhelmed. I was super impressed. The, um, um, the ocean grill down in Carolina beach. Uh, we went there for lunch on Monday before we came back and they've got a really good black bean burger that they do. That's vegan with like a jicama line, jicama citrus slaw or something like that. Um, right. And guacamole is it's re- I mean, it's, you know, it's kind of like Tex-Mexy flavor, but just really good. Although I will say probably the best black bean burger I've had is uh, Christy makes just like an amazing black bean burger um, really? with like sweet potatoes and corn and just a bunch of really yummy, yummy stuff in there. Now I'm hungry. <laughs> <laughs> I, I typically go to the Los Tres, that's an apex and um, they've got uh, vegetarian options and um I actually like zucchini. I didn't used to like zucchini, but I now enjoy zucchini. I like, um, uh, like especially grilled zucchini when it's got yeah. that or like a little bit of char on it is really good. Um, yeah. you know, I used to do like zucchini fries, and those are okay, but I just I I almost need like that charred, knit, right? You know, right. that was something when we were at circuit uh, nineteen twenty two. Christy got the um, what was it? It was like the grilled peach. So it was just like a peach half that they just stick on the grill and the whole, you know, top side basically like caramelizes uh, mm. and, and is all blackened. And then like you, it's just got, it's like, I don't know, it has this almost like very woody, like smoky taste, right. but then the sweetness comes out from the peach and it's just like, oh, that was so good. <laughs> <laughs> so I know I told you I was going to try Just Egg and I, yeah. I got some from Publix, which mm-hmm. is... um on our rounds for shopping now. Yep. Dude, it is so good. It is fantastic. Uh, yeah. Friday morning or Saturday morning, made some breakfast bowls with onions, peppers, uh, potatoes, some just egg. And I don't know. I don't know what else I put in, but it's so good. Yeah. Um, really good product. I, I, I really like the just egg. I wish, you know, that it, it's, I, I don't know. It, I wish it wasn't quite as expensive. <laughs> I guess it's like the biggest gripe. I understand that, you know, as hopefully more people start to buy that stuff, the price, you know, will come down. But um, yeah, I mean, in terms of its overall quality as a product, like I, I'm with you in that I, I, it's probably the best egg substitute for like scrambled eggs or doing yeah. like an omelet or something like that, that I have found. Um, I haven't, I don't know if you can use it as like a baking substitute. 
I I probably I doubt that. Yeah, because uh, I don't think it has the same chemical reaction when you bake it. You know, the, right. like regular eggs do. So right. that's I usually use like the other like the Bob's Red Mill egg replacer or something like that. So it's you know like a mix of baking soda, baking powder, and some other stuff, and then you add water right. to it, and it thickens up some cornstarch. I think. Yeah, I really I really do enjoy it. So like my breakfast problem is for the most part done. Yeah. Um, I think I'm going to make some homemade hash browns this weekend. Um, so I really enjoy. I I miss. <laughs> actually going to waffle house and getting my hash browns every which way, but up. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I, I was never a big waffle. Uh, I shouldn't say never. I was a waffle house fan for a while. And then a couple of bad experiences, it, you know, very dirty locations ultimately just kind of turned me off. Um, yeah. Much like Burger King, you know, like I, I, but Burger King used to be on my rounds of places that I would go. Uh, and I used to really enjoy a good Whopper every now and then. And then yeah. I don't know, man, I just, there was something about it. And it's just, that whole place went downhill quickly. Yeah. I, I accidentally, well, I went to one in, in Greensboro, actually, uh, my wife, cause in New Jersey and New York, there are more Burger Kings than McDonald's. So the makeup of where you go for fast food is a little bit, a lot different. <laughs> a little bit, a lot different. <laughs> <laughs> so we stopped at a Burger King because she wanted the, I think it was a Whopper. Yeah, it had to be a Whopper. She got so sick, man. I'm like, man, I told you. And I don't know what I got, but I'm glad I didn't get sick. But I, I just really, I've never been a fan of Burger King. Yeah. Uh, and when I lived in New York, I was always a fan of Wendy's. Yeah, um, yeah, but never. I think I would eat Burger King every now because they had the little, little King guy, and before he was scary and creepy. But <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I uh, I used to be a huge Wendy's fan. Like Wendy's was my jam for a while there. The Big Bacon Classic uh, with a large oh, Dr Pepper, like that. Baconator, oh. see and i they replaced my big bacon classic with that baconator and i don't like the baconator that cheese sauce is gross get it out of here and mm. like there's just that's too it's too much like give me my lettuce that's and my good. tomato i need a mix you know like that is that would, and and they kept it for a little while you could still order it you know like they kind of hit it on the menu under specialty burgers or something like that and then they just took it off but then i realized you can basically just do a double uh, burger and I'm gonna add bacon to it now. Uh, yeah. So that's what I do most of the time when I go. Well, that's what I used to do when I still ate burgers. <laughs> like that's what I do when I go now that I'm vegan is I get bacon and double patties. Well, I know the last time I went to when he's actually got sick. So yeah. like I think just over time I I don't miss it. I just I'm okay. That's that's very true. Like I don't miss fast food at all. You know, right. like I don't, I, there isn't part of me that's like, oh, I just wish I, no, like there's enough quick things that I can make at home, right. you know, or even like I can go to Subway if they're still open and, <laughs> <laughs> and get a sandwich, you know, like I can, I can get a veggie sandwich there. No problem. And yeah, Jersey Mike's is kind of a option kind of um i've never been a big jersey mike's fan it's like something in the bread i just you know i i never got into it um their hot subs are pretty good but like their their veggie subs i don't know i just 
I just have to be more patient, I guess. Um, yeah. I used to be a big firehouse subs guy. Uh, their Italian sub was really good because they would steam the meat and the cheese and everything, so it all gets like really hot and very good. And then it just, yeah, they had really good dressing that went on top of it. Yeah, I just I don't know. I just I've always been a cheesesteak guy, so I, I don't. I've never really been into subs that much, but yeah. Uh, the cheesesteak, I'm all for that. And we never got the chance to go to Anvil's when we were both before we were vegan and before they closed down. Uh, yeah. So it's a, it's a double miss. Yeah. Double whammy there. We can't even go back if we change our minds. I, uh, we, we did when we were down at the beach, we had pizza one night and, you know, I, I love my family and I know I don't think they're caught up to this episode, so they probably won't hear this for a very long time. Um, <laughs> But I'm sure you experienced this, too, where people are kind of like, oh, you know, we're going to do this. Can you just have this, you know? And it's like pizza with no cheese. And it's kind of like, I mean, like, I, I mean, I can. Yeah. Like, I, it's not terrible, I guess. Right. <laughs> but it's not really like I'm not like, oh, yeah, give me that cheeseless pizza, you know, like and like we ended up doing it and it was OK. Uh, we brought, I brought all the leftovers home and I was sitting here today and so I had some of the follow your heart mozzarella. So I put some of that on and then I had, I'd gotten a, one of the little pepperoni, um, from, was it the very good butchers, um, the bean based plant based meat company. Um, and that was pretty good. You know, I think that was probably the best pepperoni, uh, vegan pepperoni that I've had yet. I've tried a couple of ones because pepperoni used to be one of my things. Like I, I love me some pepperoni, right. uh, cold cuts in general, which I tried like some of the vegan bologna and that's all right. Um, I just, I've, you know, I've been struggling lately to find the, was it the Upton Naturals Satan bacon? Right. Just right. the plain Satan bacon. Like, Thrive Market doesn't carry it anymore. Publix, Wegmans, Sprouts, like nobody's got that. I can't find it oh. online. It's killing me because it was literally like the best bacon that I'd had. And now I can't like I can't <laughs> ever find it again. And I keep trying other vegan bacons and they're just not there's just something that's usually missing. I tried making my own at a tempeh and it was like you know, I don't want bacon that's like six inches thick or a quarter inch <laughs> thick. Like that's kind of ridiculous, you know. Uh, you have a slicer? No, I don't. I don't have a meat slicer. Yeah, I, I have one. I, I that I doesn't surprise meat. me. I don't know. I, like, I mean, I, we've never <laughs> talked about it, but you just seem like a dude that would have a really nice meat slicer at home. Yeah, I'm like, why don't you have a meat slicer? Like, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> um, yeah. So, uh. Sports. Eric Trump is officially not going to watch football. I don't think the NFL cares. Uh, I don't know. I mean, no, you're right. They don't. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, in the long run, I don't know that anybody's going to watch football this year. Um, at least not much of it. I know we've got two days until the NFL season kicks off. Um, College football has already started. I don't know if you saw that Southern Miss has already fired their head coach. Yeah. <laughs> Although I, apparently, like I was reading an article, and that dude had done a bunch of like pretty shady shit while he was there. Uh, he tried to hire Art Bryles from the former Baylor head coach as the offensive yeah. coordinator, and then they tried to recruit some dude that was like accused of raping two women at knife point. 
And I mean, like, I understand accusations are accusations. They're not convictions, but it's just kind of like, you know, and like he didn't mention any of that <laughs> to yeah. anybody when he was trying to get this kid enrolled. And so, I, I mean, mean it, yeah, you I, go I lose to Georgia or Southern Alabama or whoever it was, Georgia Southern <laughs> to open the season. You're yeah, you're done. Dave Doran, right. you better freaking be paying attention, man. Don't get your fucking ass kicked by, you know, what is it? Uh, Liberty this year. <laughs> That'll be a big mistake. Yeah, I, um, I, I'm i trying to hold out on sports and, and hopefully it's going to be. I don't know. I, I, I'm, I, I don't, I'm really wanting to watch football. I haven't watched any college football, but I really want to watch NFL football for some reason. I just like I am jonesing to watch them play. And I don't know if I'm going to watch a little bit of it and be like, uh, all right, this wasn't what I expected it. And now I'm done. Or if it's just going to be like, I scratched that itch. And so now I'm done. Or if I'm going to just gonna watch the whole season, I can't decide where I'm at yet. I'm kind of like, I keep straddling the fence. you know. <laughs> I mean, I was trying to watch the NBA, but I kind of felt like, yeah, this isn't the same. Um, so I stopped watching. Um I haven't watched any of the NBA. I mean, like I was kind of tuning in for little bits and pieces here and there, but then like I, I stopped hearing about it in my feed, like whatever you right. know, my news feed just kind of like stopped talking about the NBA. And I don't know if that's because of all of the, like, I don't know them sitting out. And they, I mean, after that, that was pretty much it. Like I know Giannis got injured. And so that's pretty much it for the bucks. Uh, but you know, so I guess like LeBron's just going to roll his way to another title. That's kind of what's going to happen, and I'll be okay with that. Yeah, I'm fine um, with that. I didn't, you know. But I did get Madden 21. Did you know? I still, um, have, I you know how long it's been since I touched my Xbox? <laughs> I don't even know. It's probably been like six months. It just sits there yeah. collecting dust. I feel bad, but it's, I I don't know. I mean, like it's never been a thing. I shouldn't say never. In the last probably ten years, it hasn't been a thing that I've ever really like prioritized. You know, it's. Your, your your priorities are all jacked up, bro. I don't disagree. I mean, and I, I, again, like, I think we talked about this before that, like, I, I miss playing with other people in person, you know, whether it was like Halo or Madden or racing, like right. whatever it was, I just, that there's a, that, I don't know, that kind of camaraderie, I guess, of playing with somebody and it's like, fuck, you beat me. But like, you know, it's all good. Like, let's run it, let's run it back. And I know that there, there was some of that online. Um, and I think I just, for some reason, I never really got into the online. So what got me into the online was uh, my youngest son lives in Winston-Salem. So um, like we can play Madden, you know, two hours away or an hour and 30 minutes away. So it's pretty fun. So like we try yeah. to make time to, you know, get a game in every now and then. Um, my nephew, one of my nephews came over this weekend and we played, um, what do we play? That was Madden 20. And um, dude, let me tell you this. First game he did beat me by 21 points. Whew. But I can tell that he plays online all the time because right. he plays like one of those guys that are always trying to cheat on the pass and crap like that. And I was like, okay. And he used the Seahawks. So I'm like, all right. You know what he says to me? He goes, so if I score one more touchdown, we can like stop playing and eat, right? I was like, well, not in my house, dude. <laughs> he thought the game so, was over. I'm like, that's not how we roll. So I let him get that W and then uh, we ran it back. Yo, I shut him down. I'm like, look, dude, 
I saw your tendencies. Like, yeah. and the difference is I'm going to play football against you, not a video game. I was losing because I was playing it like a video game. Yeah. But when I play football, it's lights out, little guy. <laughs> it was funny. <laughs> See, that's just it. Like, I really need to get. I, I I really that's what I really want to do is like I want to find I want to make time to get get my shit thick so I can play online because I want to play with you and fucking get good at that stuff because I I had I used to be pretty damn good at Madden I haven't played at all in so long and every single time I pick up the sticks now I just get destroyed <laughs> you know like somebody will bring in a new when we used to work at E area somebody would bring in a new copy of Madden and be like oh yeah I mean you you fucking yeah. like. You decimated me, and I was Broncos Seahawks, and I was just like, "How? Like that's this wasn't fun." Like, and yeah, I don't know. Like, I I feel like part of it is that I I've been out of it so long that I don't understand a lot of the concepts, right? And the like the new elements. And I think, I mean, maybe the truth of it is I was never that good at Madden, anyways. And now that the game has just gotten more complicated, like I'm not. I'm not capable of doing that, but I, I don't know. So are you saying you're not good at football in general? Because maybe, if- I mean, you know, like I always had these ideas that maybe someday I would try to be like a head coach or some, which I mean, I've given that, that obviously at age 36, <laughs> like I'm not going to get into the game now, but there, there were times where I thought like, man, that'd be fun. I, but I knew that like from an anxiety and stress point, there's no way in hell that I could handle that, that <laughs> job. Like, I mean, I, I can't, I can barely watch, NC State football on TV, you know, like right. if I'm not there in person screaming or like drinking beer and you know whatever, like you know crying, um, <laughs> then I don't really, I don't. It's hard for me to consume it any other way. Basketball too, like I, sports where I have that, I guess like emotional investment, I've kind of gotten out of watching them remotely. Like, but that's where I'm at with with football this year. Is I have this weird drive to see the Seahawks play and. I and also Philip Rivers. I think that's the other thing is because he's gone to the Colts. Like I just want to see how he does, and if right. the, if by any chance, like you know, he can do really well. I mean, some crazy person probably probably uh, was it Kyle Brandt uh, at the NFL Network. I think was calling out that he and Rivers is you know going to be the could be the MVP this year, which I think is crazy. Like I, I'm just going to throw that out there. That's freaking nuts. Like I love Philip Rivers, but. He's not going to be the MVP this year. Like, I think it's going to be Brady. That's going to be interesting. Uh, I, I mean, I assume you saw Belichick's comments about Cam, and now everybody's like, "Well, Tom Brady, that's just an, that's the new Brady chip." Hey, hey. How you doing? <laughs> doing well. See <laughs> you. Yeah, I I don't know. I think Brady's going to. Um, it sounds weird for me to even. All right, I'm going to stop talking because, like, I'm all throwing. Right, so I will. I will go ahead and finish this for you. Brady <laughs> has a ton of weapons around him, right? He's got Gronk. He's got um, Evans. Who do they? I don't even Gore now or no? It wasn't Gore. Uh, oh, Fournette, uh, Leonard yeah. Fournette. I just, I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see. Tom's never played anywhere other than New England. So I just, I think there's going to be an element of like that. And maybe it is that just Tom Brady football is Tom Brady football, wherever Tom Brady goes. But I think it, I'm very curious to see if it was really the relationship, like if it was kind of just that match made in heaven between Belichick and Brady, that that was the magic 
or does I is either one of them kind of more responsible for it than the other? I feel like we're gonna okay. get a sense of that, but but it's gonna be weird because I mean Brady's forty two or whatever, so. I think Belichick's a good coach, but I also think Tom Brady is one of those elite quarterbacks. And so elite, he doesn't, he doesn't belong in your top ten. <laughs> yeah, whatever. What, <laughs> what do you mean, whatever? I have recorded audiographic evidence that says Andre Powell does not think Tom Brady is one of the top ten NFL quarterbacks of all time. And when I pointed it out, he went, "Yeah, you're right. I did leave him off. Fuck him." <laughs> i'm sorry i'm just giving you shit it's like the jordan argument with no, me like, i understand I'm a, I'm a knicks fan it's like i can't you, ever but uh, but okay so that's a great question you are a knicks fan but you are also a carolina fan so how do you how do you wrestle i mean that's got to be hard right no actually it's super easy barely <laughs> inconvenient so when I we moved here, it was in the middle of the ACC tournament. Right. My family never watched college basketball. Sure. And then it wasn't until like a year or two later because Dean Smith was the dude. Right. I mean, I was like, you know, it's well, like Pat Pat Riley, right? So I I understand the coach and how the coach does. The team is going to follow after that. So I thought Dean Smith was a genius. And then a year later, I'm like, oh crap, Jordan went here. <laughs> Okay. Okay. So you you hated Jordan before you realized that he went to Carolina. Yeah. yeah. So that yeah. was it was I didn't I mean because I think we've talked about this before. Like I didn't really grow. I mean I watched. I grew up being a Sacramento Kings fan, which essentially meant that I was a, a casual fan because the Kings right. were first round playoff bumps, second round playoff bumps every single year. Uh, I mean I knew the players: Mitch Richmond, Olden Polonese, you know, Vladi Divac. Uh, but I just like, I, I don't know. I was never, I never had that like rivalry sense, you know, other than I hated the jazz. Right. Um, I, I kind of hated the Lakers, but I respected Kobe and Shaq so much that like, I couldn't really hate them. I was like, okay, well they're just really good. But fucking Carl Malone and the jazz, I hated them. Uh, <laughs> but, but and then I learned a bunch of weird shit about Carl Malone recently. Uh, I was just like, oh, fuck, dude. Like, this dude's kind of just like, what a piece of work. (laughs) Yeah, I I don't want to know anything about Carmel. I want him to be a legend in my mind, right? Okay. Um, I won't won't share anything. (laughs) Yeah, so for me, it was kind of like, oh, crap. Jordan went to Carolina, but it was too late. You know, already, you know, it's like, whatever. I mean, and I understand that, like, you know, you can... Because again, it's not like you know you weren't a fan when Jordan was there, right? You know, and so it's not like you were like rooting for him, and then he goes to Chicago, and you're like, well, fuck! Now I gotta, you know, I want to root for Jordan, but he's playing against the Knicks, so I gotta hate him. Yeah, like I, you know, uh, and they kneecapped us every season. It was like, yeah, yeah, whatever. (laughs) Yeah. That's how I know I'm getting older. I don't. I don't have the energy to to be mad anymore. No, I mean it's it's hard. Like it's exhausting. I don't even know how much of it is like being older. As much as part of it is just like I mean, fuck, dude. We've been going through six months now of crazy. I mean, yeah, just like fucking crazy, and it's it's exhausting. You know, like I think we're all just kind of worn out from this. I think that's part of what's driving people kind of crazy right now. You know, is it's like they're everybody's on edge and. 
I've found myself there a couple of times and had to be like, dude, chill out. Like, what are you, what are you upset about? Like, where are you go? What are you in such a hurry for? You're trying to get home from dropping your kid off at school. It's nine o'clock in the morning. You don't have anything to do. Like, what is the deal? I I think my focus has turned to the evictions. It's turned to the unemployment. Like, I think that, and I think for me, that's kind of why I'm, uh, I understand politically how I feel about things. I'm like, okay. I've resigned my feelings to that, but the real things are, that are about to happen, they freak me out, man. Like, can you, the collaboration, synergy, thinking outside the box, raising the bar, breaking down silos, shifting the paradigm, disrupting the market, business. I don't. I don't even know where to start. No, there's like, a bunch. So we kind of. I. I don't even know how we got off track. We started talking about business a little bit earlier, and no, then we went to food. We went to food. That's what it was. Food so, makes me happy, which is fine because food was great. Uh, and then we went to sports, which was also fine. Um, but going back to business, it's okay. So we had this huge uptick in tech stocks, right? Everything was just like climbing, 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 and then I love this. It's like. All of a sudden, they drop because people are like, well, they're overvalued. Who overvalued them? You did. Like You were the ones who were saying this is what the stock should be. And now you're like, no, that's too high. We shouldn't be paying that anymore. And like, so you guys are just fucking with this for fun now, you know? But I mean, like Elon Musk becomes one of the first cent, you know, fifth cent a billionaire. And then all of a sudden, he loses $10 billion, which I mean, granted, when okay. you've got that much money, ten yeah. billion is not that big a deal. I understand that. I'm not crying for Elon Musk in any way, shape, or form, but it comes back to this like this belief that the stock market is some sort of, you know, indicator or predictor of the actual economy, when in reality, like it's all you guys just playing fucking guessing games and throwing money around. Right. And all it like SoftBank, I guess, has been you know, heavily investing in a bunch of stuff. All of the, you know, what was it that uh, Tesla didn't get included in the S and P, which they thought they were. Which again, I'm like, so you over you you bump the stock value up because you think something's going to happen, and then when it doesn't, you punish them. Like, what what is this? I just I I for the love of me, I I don't understand this game that they play. I I don't know. Maybe I didn't take enough economics courses or you know whatever it was, but. <laughs> well, the metric I look at with with stocks is is typically the price to earnings, and I I try to not get so excited about the latest news because a lot of it you know goes to your point. It's just speculation um, because when you have quarterly earnings come out and the fiscal year close, it's a different story, right? And a lot of people, I believe, um, probably not institutional investors, they only look at what the ticker is saying at the moment and they probably don't do their homework. So I'm never really moved by that. I, but I just think that what's starting to suck is the fact that people are losing their crap and layoffs are happening. Yeah. Right. It's like, that's going to hurt. Like we don't have a, a plan B for that. We don't have a plan B for evictions. We don't have, like the fragility of our our real economy is garbage. Well, I mean, because again, and this is, I mean, we've talked about Jimmy the Greek, right? 
which we do on this podcast <laughs> on a regular basis, what they're sitting here doing is treating the symptoms and not the root cause. They're like, we're going to stop evictions. We're going to force landlords to not be able to evict people. But we're also not going to provide assistance to those landlords. Like, what are those guys supposed to do? You know, I right. mean, and most of those, a lot of those are small businesses, right? Like those are individual property owners that own a, an apartment building somewhere downtown. And it's like, I, I just, the logic of just keep throwing money here and there and writing rules to, you know, you're stemming the bleeding, but you should be sewing up the artery. You know, yeah. like you're still allowing the patient to bleed out because it's like you're just putting a bucket underneath it to catch the blood. That's what you're doing. <laughs> I was I went I went down a rabbit hole on the tax cuts that the current administration likes to call that a win. Yeah, it, huge. I mean it's a fourteen percent reduction in the corporate tax rate. So from thirty five to twenty one percent. And the average American saw a small bump in their uh their paycheck. You know what happened on the back end? They had a larger tax bill at the end of the year. So those are moments for me where it's like we are crippling our economy and we don't know when to stop. Like I do believe that the tax rate for corporations should be lower so people don't feel the need to um, you know, take their companies outside of the country. Yeah. And supposedly lowering the tax rate would make it more attractive to have your your company in the United States and, and should stimulate job growth in this country. Yeah. The problem is most of those companies are consumables. <laughs> it's it's like, guys, manufacturing's gone. It's not uh, coming back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like that's not a thing. Yeah. And then I started digging around it and the uh like the supposed infrastructure plan that the administration touted in 2016. Nothing's happened. No. Deregulation across the board, supposedly to, to re, you know, re-energize the coal industry. Well, that ship has already sailed, guys. Yeah, like coal things- is a dead industry. We we should be figuring out how to move on from that. And then if you want to do anything, I mean, incentivize the coal companies to get into green energy in some way. You know, like provide them with you know, some sort of outlet or some sort of resource in order to be able to do that. But no, I mean, we're, we're going to sit here. It's like the corn industry, you know, instead of figuring out, well, what the hell should we be growing? We just tell them, just keep doing what you're doing and we'll pay you to do it. Even though we're going to throw most of this away. On the flip side, when you go into that part, the, um, the fact that the United States is still one of the world's largest exporter of food is, it's a problem when you add tariffs to China, which consumes a lot of food and which imports a lot of its food for whatever reason. Yeah. And it's like our economy is like in a house of cards. <laughs> like it's going to take one more thing. I don't know what that is, but I mean, we're already at what? 8.4% unemployment. Um, I think it's 24 million Americans lost their jobs. And sure, a million people got you know jobs last uh, the last jobs report, but yeah. we talked about a, this before. What jobs yeah. are they? Right? Yeah, they're not the same jobs that we're losing. It just like I'm, I'm sitting here thinking like, 
wow, why aren't we having better conversations? Why is Congress on uh, vacation? I know the Senate comes back this week and the House next week. But there's those are some deep problems. What are states individually doing? I and, for the life of, I don't understand why they've taken any vacation during this time. Really, yeah. I mean, like, there's no reason. Like, you guys got to get your shit together. I mean, I'm sorry. Like, and it's, you know, I um, I think I talked about it on the last episode. Like, I had this online conversation with somebody that I don't know about the CDC stats and right. they kind of brought up, you know, politicians being paid and stuff. And that's another area where I just, I mean, why don't we get the opportunity to vote for that? You know, like they shouldn't get to vote to increase their pay. We should get to, that should be something that's on the ballot. You know, like, did they do a good enough job this year? Okay. Yeah. We'll give you a, a, a pay increase. Sure. I just, I mean, like, where do you go that you get to vote as a group on what you get paid? I don't, (laughs) who thought that was a good idea? Uh, Yeah, it just, it blows my mind. I I just, um, I I just kind of worry about what's going to happen when it hits like our, our county and our state. And I don't, I don't think we're that resilient as far as like statewide industry goes. So I, I think Mecklenburg will be fine. I think Wake County will eventually be fine. Uh, possibly for Scythe, possibly Guilford. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, um, it, it it's going to be really interesting to see what the impact is over the next, probably 12 to 18 months on the tech industry here in Wake. Yeah, you know, because I think it it could go one of two ways, really. You know, like it it we've been very insulated, as we've talked about before, from a lot of the economic impacts around the rest of the country. But the tech industry, in particular, is one of the areas that's feeling this hurt the most in terms of job losses. And you know, we talked about white collar jobs in the hundred thousand plus i mean those those guys are all getting furloughed and axed at this point because it's it they companies don't want to pay that or they figured out they don't have to right yeah (laughs) i mean funny thing i've gotten like uh i had four headhunters hit me up um on contract jobs you know six eight months here and there i'm like yeah i'm i'm good because like that's not a lifestyle right you know and I, and I, I mean, I don't know, does that, would that type of thing, would that would count, I guess, towards employment, right? So, yeah, somebody's got a contract job for six months. Great. What happens at the end of the si- that six months? Yep. You know, you, I mean, and all the people that are on furlough right now that aren't collecting unemployment, right? Or that, aren't, that don't qualify for unemployment. Right. And we're not counting them. So what happens when they don't? get brought back right i mean this is and we've talked about how the white collar you know or like the middle class and middle upper class has basically been uh, supporting all of this financially and now if they're getting decimated how is any of this ultimate i mean what are the the super wealthy now are going to support everybody else so we're back to trickle down economics like i mean it's like we're living in the dark ages in this stuff you know i don't this is 80s, uh, like, um, when did that happen? This happened one other time in history where I can't remember. I want to say it was the 80s where we saw this, 
like super imbalance of like, I don't want to say wealth or any type of distribution of redistrib- yeah. uh, redistribution, but no, but it's like, I mean, ultimately you like, it shouldn't be that, that, that 1% of the population, you know, controls 90% of the money. Like it's actually 10%. Yeah. What, but even, <laughs> even then, right. Like 10% of the population controls 90% of the money. Right. Like, how is that? That doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I I was uh, reading about. Um, I don't want to keep picking on picking on the restaurant industry, but New York, two thirds of their restaurants are going to close by January. Can you imagine two thirds? Uh, and I believe it's thirty percent of their uh, revenue for the city. What what happens next? Right? Like, what do yeah. you? How do you rebound from that? Um, I don't. I really don't know, dude. Like, I I really been wondering. Like, okay. We'll get through. We'll get through the election. I believe that. I don't think we're going to get through uh, the economic, like, downfall that comes after that. Like, I, I think we're going to get through the election. We're gonna, one way or the other. We'll get through that. But I, I don't think that we're going to be okay with. Uh, and if you think about 08 and 09, unemployment only recovered. It recovered fifty percent prior to. Uh, the crisis and it was making gains like every year after that. So, and that was what, 12 years ago, eight. Yeah. So what, what's going to happen now? Like it's, it's going to be a big gut punch. Yeah. So I don't know. No, I mean, it's, it's not, it's not going to get any better. You know what I mean? Like, and <laughs> I don't want to be that like apocalyptic doom and gloom guy. Right. But right. you look at, what's going on in California with the wildfires. And I mean, what, what happens when we go through what is essentially like another dust bowl, right? Like what happens if the Midwest essentially dries up because of climate change and we have no food production. So now all of our exports dry out. Dude, literally Denver was 102 degrees the other day. And now it's snowing. And now it's snowing. (laughs) I mean, like at what point, You know, and it's, I mean, we've talked about how over the last four years, like, you know, stuff that Trump has done has kind of been normalized. And I think to some degree with like climate change, because it's been so slow, you know, at first that like, but now we got to look at this stuff and say, I mean, and granted the wildfires that are being caused by gender reveals, like, I mean, these people shouldn't be paying restitution. They should, they should be shot. I'm sorry. No, not really. But But come on. I mean, like, you, you really, you need, th- what is it, uh, Tannerite yeah. stuffed into a target so you can shoot at it and make a big boom? <laughs> like, And then I love the video where it's like, pack it up, pack it up. Like, no shit. You know, you, I didn't even posit, like, the possibility. Dude, I, I don't even know what to say to that. When I heard that news, I was like, you've got to be kidding me. Like the whole dry lightning thing yep. kind of freaked me out a little bit, but then for people to intentionally yeah. put people in danger, like what the what? Yeah, I and and I, I like it. It comes back to this. It's like people have gotten to a point where they don't they don't think about the long term consequences. You know, it's all about like the immediate gratification, and there's no. 
it's not everybody. I understand that, but it's like it seems to be a growing mass of the population that. I mean, y'all are just dumb. Like, stop this shit. I'm sorry. Like, and I, I mean, I part of it comes back to like I keep coming back to like, is this just the massive failures of our education system overall that like we fucked up so bad in this country to actually like give our citizens the knowledge that they need that they're doing shit like blowing up tannerite in a freaking you know dry field full of burning material that's what that is like I, nothing good comes from that that is so insane the dude in, I, in arizona in like 2017 was a freaking border control agent like these are the people that are protecting our borders that think that it's okay to go blow up a target to announce the gender of your child i saw a um i, I saw one of those i guess one of those cases where somebody did something similar with tannerite and it, it exploded and a piece of shrapnel killed the mother-in-law. Yeah. I was like, why are we, why are we doing this? Like, I, it's a boy, it's a girl. Like you can really do that without having a big deal about it. Yep. Um, yeah, that was, that was depressing. <laughs> I mean, those are the moments where it just kind of makes me you like, I think I've talked on the podcast before about like questioning my faith in humanity in America and, those are the things where I'm just kind of like, man, I mean, maybe we do just need to get wiped out. Like maybe the earth is right. And it's just kind of like, y'all, but you guys had your chance. You f- fucked up. You know, oh. I thought about it the other day. Like, is I know this is kind of weird, but just roll with me for a minute. Chris's crazy corner for conspiracies and other kooky concepts. Imagine, right, that all of a sudden we discover that there is, that mermaids exist, right? That there, Atlantis is real and that mer people live under the water, right? What do you think we'd do? Do you think we'd be like, cool? Or do you think that we would fucking immediately start a war with them for whatever technology, power, stupid shit we think they have underwater? Because I'm guessing it's the latter. It is the latter, but same the thing problem- with any aliens. Like they're gonna come and be like, "Yo, what's up? Peace and love," and we'll be like, "Yeah, fuck you guys. We want your spaceship." <laughs> like we're the fucking like crazy, you know, thugs in the universe. I feel like <laughs> we're the hold my beer planet. <laughs> I mean, seriously. By the way, uh, drink Modelo. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna get us a sponsor. Damn it. <laughs> hold my beer. Watch this. Um. I, I don't know, man. I, I just think that, you know, we, I don't, I really don't know. Like I, I, I can't imagine that during the great depression, when you think about it in, in, in a relative sense, the great depression was probably a quarter of a, of, of a percent less impactful than what we're going through right now. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. And people pulled together, figured it out moved on yeah right uh but we are just making it worse (laughs) it's like we are not trying to pause for a minute and it could be a leadership problem it could be um that people are so independent for the most part and there's no um i don't know there's no empathy like i saw this sports center guy like bust out crying about uh just inequalities in sports herb street yeah yeah i was like 
Yeah, that was like that was legit genuine. The guy he was really trying to keep it together, and I was like, oh, there's there are real people out there. Sure. Um, you know, and I, I and I, I'm with you in that I think uh, Kirk has always been a pretty stand up guy. You know, like I've I've there was a time where I kind of rolled my eyes at some of his stuff when you know because I feel like ESPN was asking him to really kind of put up the show with Lee Corso, but um, yeah, you know, like overall, I've I've always thought that he kind of you know, brought like a very realistic tone to what the players go through as somebody who, who had played and kind of had yeah. that experience. So, yeah. I'm, and I, I watched that video too, cause you sent it to me and, um, you know, it is, I, I, I hope, you know, that like, it is kind of that there are people out there, right. That are, yeah. that are real. And I think we've talked about it before that, I, that maybe part of the issue is that a lot of us who are real have just kind of been sitting back too much and it's time for us to be more vocal and to be more more front and center and not let the extremists on either side really like continue to push the message and yeah and those extremists are they're the minority that's the part that still it blows my mind it just like wow how how do we keep letting these small pockets how do we why do we keep amplifying their voice you know um it's really weird you know like i i I sent the article about the the players and maybe we're jumping back to sports or maybe we're just talking about stuff but you know how is it possible that black athletes and i'm i'm pro pay those guys there's no way on god's green earth that their scholarship is worth or it it values values out all the money that you're earning there's there's no way like you can't say well you know chris we're gonna give you a full ride but chris is actually gonna make us a million dollars in jersey sales merchandise you know you, you name it i mean can i not get a scholarship to go to school a full ride scholarship for something other than athletics right am yeah. i expected to earn the university additional money while i'm there studying like am i expected to can to pay in any way shape you know, like i mean do i have to get no <laughs> that's athletics is literally the only part of that and now i i saw something where somebody i don't I mean, I, I just saw a clip i think it was bomani jones on twitter i made the mistake of getting on twitter for a minute but i but i remembered to get off um Talking about what was it? Was um, I'm gonna have to erase this too. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck, I completely forgot where I was going with that. Amani Jones, yeah, we're talking about college sports. I can't remember what it was that he was. So, something about the players, the players getting paid wasn't the thing about the black athletes but you know for because you sent me that article on the black athletes basically paying for the students i mean yeah, anyway, like i guess like ultimately yeah so they're not they're not you know I, I if you have a scholarship for something else you're not getting you're not you're not expected to work athletics is the only area where that's really expected to be and then like i mean ultimately is the you they say like oh that's a worth half a million dollars right that's your scholarship it's really but it okay if you're paying everything at, at you know sticker price 
Like, this is the <laughs> university. Like, you're paying for all this shit at cost. Right. You know? Like, yeah, sure, the kid goes to the dining hall and has to pay X amount of dollars for his meal, but ultimately it's not costing you that much money. Right? Right. I mean, like, I just... That shit fucking... I, I, the, the, the backwards, you know, way of thinking about that just continues to and and as somebody that has been a huge college sports fan it's like it's always something that i have wrestled with um i I saw something the other day where there's somebody that's basically trying to start a a league for college aged athletes to end amateurism in the ncaa like that is their ultimate goal is to provide a sports league where you can basically go to school right like if you want and come play sports that's good so that it's a separate entity essentially and i think ultimately that is the only thing that makes sense there is so i i I just google this the average athletic scholarship is worth about eighteen thousand dollars per student Based on numbers by provided by the NCAA. Yeah. Eighteen thousand dollars. So if I can, you know, one season, and I'm sure that colleges make they have to at least make I'm gonna ballpark ten million dollars a year in television contracts and all this other stuff and blah 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 why can't they pay this? You know, why can't they pay the athletes? It's just ridiculous. Well, you know, the, I didn't get a chance to read all the way through that article that you had sent me earlier. I got maybe like a third of the way through. So I don't know if they covered this, but something that I was just thinking of is an argument. A lot of the times in the college athletics world is, well, we don't really make money off of this, right? It's that we're all of the money that we make from the revenue generating sports a.k.a. football and a little bit of basketball, goes to fund the non-revenue sports, right? Well, primarily, your athletes in football and basketball are going to be black. And I bet if you did, I mean, you know, like tennis and golf and, you know, all this other stuff, you're not going to find as many black people. So, again, you're in a situation where you have black people working and and in the case of football like putting their their health and their lives on at risk right in order to fund the opportunity for white athletes to play their sports so that yeah and then you have the coaches with these crazy yeah we're not making money because we have to pay our coaches three million dollars a year oh but only a half a million or seven hundred fifty thousand dollars of that comes from the school the rest of it comes from the boosters not never mind the fact that those boosters should just be giving the money to the school instead of specifically the athletics program but i mean again that's where i just think like ultimately the separation of those two things needs to occur like i don't i i think we've we've kind of let it run its course and we've seen that ultimately you guys couldn't couldn't handle this. Like you couldn't handle the responsibility of managing these two things individually. And you know, just like any seven year old, you lose that privilege. Like we're gonna have to take that away from you now. I'm sorry, you're in timeout. And if you can be really good for the next ten or fifteen years, we might let you do it again, but probably not. I I agree with that. 
You agree I, that they're seven-year-olds. <laughs> I, you know, this is going to be one time I actually just like, yeah, maybe they're seven-year-olds. They, they don't get it. Seriously. I just, I mean, because I'm with you. The, the, the whole thing is, again, right, so out of balance there. It's, it's where we've gotten in so many places. And I, again, I, I believe that capitalism fundamentally can be a very, you know, good thing. Right. But I think where we've kind of ended up in America right now is in this incredibly like warped, bastardized version of capitalism where it's like capitalism where it benefits some and not capitalism where it's going to benefit those same people. You know? <laughs> like, I mean, it's seriously, it seems like the rules are set up where if you've got a bunch of money, cool. No problem. You can come hang up here. If you don't, you can get to a certain point, but good luck getting past that. Yeah. You know, I mean, like you don't belong here ultimately is, is what it, feels like right like no 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 you stay down there where you belong unless you can like just ridiculously bust your ass and overcome i mean like elon musk to some degree right like that dude's been fighting all of this shit and i'm i'm not i'm not like a big you know like fanboy or anything like that okay i just want to clarify but to some degree so, he's kind of been see this i was just shaking my head i was like not elon come on no but i i mean like he's he's been seen as like the outsider right who doesn't do things the same way and he's challenging the car industry even though they've been stuck in this mind of you know i mean the dude's got a, a company that's over that's has more value than what like toyota and volkswagen right now <sighs> Okay, I don't. Yeah, that's that's like a whole other hour. I, I'm sorry. I don't mean I, to, I don't mean to start that now, but I'm just I I don't know. I I don't. I'm not like a big Elon Musk fanboy, uh, and I'm also super critical of. We keep. It's one of the stupid words I I hate because everybody and their mother uses it. We elevated him to some level. <laughs> that, like, if I'm being honest, he's just average Joe on the street to me like he and i don't want to take but away why from I, okay because i don't want to we don't have well okay if you want to we're, save this for already, next time we can no we're already here we're already right. here so what leave. what is the deal with elon musk what do you, what don't you like about him it's time for a good old-fashioned debate i think he's just a really good innovator and i think that's it like he's been able to find things that are already in existence and make them a little slightly better Right? So, so the electric car. Yeah. It was already in existence. Yeah. He made it slightly better. and But people have given him like demigod status, and I don't think it's well-deserved. Oh, I, but wouldn't you say the same thing was true about like Steve Jobs? I mean, he yeah. achieved that same. I mean, people were like, oh, you know, let's worship the ground that he walks on, right? And yeah. I'm, So I'm with you in that. Like, I'm not, I don't look at Musk as like, Oh wow! Like that's who I want to be like, right? Uh, uh, there's a lot of stuff about Elon Musk that I don't, that I don't, that doesn't really like sit well with me. But I do feel like he's been, again, like in he's been trying to kind of like push through and be like, well, fuck you guys, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna do it this own way. And I, again, I, I think he's made plenty of mistakes, but and I'm with you that he has taken. He has taken things that already exist and found a way to make them better. But I think, I mean, there's value in that 
in some way, right? I agree that like, yeah, not demigod status, but yeah, like let's 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 admit that you know the guy has kind of reinvigorated space travel to an extent, at least in the the United States, right? right. And and kind of called NASA out and been like, yeah, I need to get your shit together. Like I'm figuring out how to do this because you guys aren't figuring out how to do this. <laughs> yeah, and, I, and I, again, I don't want to like I don't want to say that he doesn't have a talent, skill, or ability. I I just probably I think I'm at my wits end of how everybody keeps fawning over this guy. Like, I just don't get it. Like that part, I just tune out. Um, like I would say young Zuckerberg, same thing. Like, hell, he stole half his tech. Yeah. So it's like people keep, but people continue to look at him as he, like he's a genius. It just, it really cheapens the word genius. <laughs> if I'm being honest. Well, I think a couple other people uh, that like to wear red hats have done that recently, but. Oh, that's true. That's true. Maybe. <laughs> Fucking Trump and Kanye, right? <laughs> <I> mean... <laughs> it's time for politics. Wait, again? I, I can't wait for November 3rd, man. I, I hope and pray that uh, I hope that Donald Trump is not reelected. That, that's yeah, that's my hope as well. I, I, I just think... can't. I don't think I can do well, I can. I just don't want to do four more years of this insanity. Like, I, you know, we talked about it a little bit on the last podcast that I've been, I've been a little worried just about like where, where everything is kind of going. You know, we talked earlier on this podcast about everybody kind of being on edge. And I, I mean, things aren't going to get any better between now and November. I don't right. think. Right. Like, and I don't even know if. November comes and you, you and I essentially get what we hope and Trump's not reelected that things like, I mean, economically that isn't going to fix anything. Right. We, we got 18 to 24 months before we're going to be out of this shithole. And if we're lucky, you know, Biden and whatever Congress and house of representatives is left elected, gets their shit together and figures out how to kind of mitigate this disaster that we find ourselves in. Because I don't, I mean, there's no like, you're not going to solve everything, but you can lessen the impact to some degree and prevent a fucking Great Depression here in the United States if you do something. I mean, I, and I'm not saying I got but like, come on, people. We're, right now, we're sitting here arguing over fucking the, the salt tax, <laughs> you know, shit that the Democrats want to put in there. Be And then the Republicans are, well, we're not going to let you do that. You know, And it's like, you know what? Fuck you guys both. Like, get the fucking money to the people that need it and stop fucking around with this shit. I just, I mean, how hard is that? It's your job. Just do your fucking job, man. I'm it's, sorry. I, I, no, I don't know okay. if you can tell, but I put it, I'm, I'm just feeling very, you know, like, <laughs> I, <laughs> very no, intense about this shit. Today. No, I get it. And I even thought about what you said about Biden. Like, and here's the thing that I really, I'm starting to appreciate about him more, right? I'm not saying like yeah. we both know it's not going to get fixed in one term. Yeah. And Biden's the, got his warts, right? Like, I mean, he's yeah. no, he's no, you know, he's not. If you think about in history, the new deal was a, it was a platform to put some long-term like safeguards in place. I believe we, we've actually revisited that place in history where we just need to kind of reset. I'm concerned about the new third party that we're going to have and the impact that's going to have on 
future politics. I'm hopeful that people that are that may have voted for Donald in 2016 are there are more people that I'm re- not just in the same places that are just like, yeah, that hurt. And going back to some type of uh, civility, some type of, hey, this is a, a team effort type of environment will be helpful for the country. Yeah. Now, I don't know how much they can realistically do in, in, in two years, realistically, right? Yeah. Um, but I do feel hopeful that without all the rhetoric, without all the extra distractions, people will have to like do their job. Yeah. And also in 2018, I, I think that was a sign that people were pissed. Like a lot of Republicans lost seats in a lot of the right places. So Yeah, I mean, and you look at what the analysts are kind of projecting and talking about for 2020, and it's like, you got states like Texas and, you know, <laughs> that are up for grabs that have never, never been up for grabs. And, you know, I mean, that's essentially what happened to Hillary in 2016 was that the democratic stronghold in the Midwest got broken. And that's how, you know, Trump was basically able to get to the the white house. But, you know, if the Republicans turn around and do the exact same thing back and take back parts of the Midwest, you know, like, I mean, that's, it's interesting. And I, I, cause I was reading another article that was talking about, you know, the changes in the demographics, right. In the rust belt, the Midwest, the Sun Belt here in the South, um, that it's, you know, and it was saying something about the fact that it's it's kind of interesting that we haven't seen more change here in the Sun Belt area, that with all of the younger kind of Democratic-leaning um, voters kind of coming in, that there seems to be... You know, maybe it's because of the districting and stuff like that. I mean, we've talked about this before, where it's like, you know, North Carolina has got, you know, two like uh, two Republican senators and a, a Democratic governor. Like, how does any of this ultimately make sense, right? <laughs> like, right. And I know not everybody votes straight ticket. I hope they don't. But, um, you know, I just, I think there's, it's, it's going to be very interesting this year uh, and in the next four years to see if what has historically been these, you know, strongholds for either party start to get broken up and things start to get maybe even like a little bit more evened out. And hopefully I think, you know, what you mentioned just about like the other party, what kind of comes out of this. If we're fortunate that party forms and much like the tea party kind of dissolves because it becomes ultimately irrelevant. Like there, there isn't enough true support across right. the country for them to really, you know, get a stronghold. But I, I read an interesting article talking about how the Republicans, uh, there was a, there, one of the strategists was saying that if Trump doesn't get his act together by Labor Day, he's on his own. And I, it kind of makes sense why I'm not sure if you've seen Tom Tillis's, uh, new commercial Mm-mm, i don't think so <laughs> yeah is it not pro-trump it is very like it is trump's name is not even mentioned it's three white women one from statesville one from durham and one from um man 
gosh, can't remember. Statesville, Durham, and uh, Greensboro. Ah. And I'm like, okay, he's going after a very specific voter. Yeah. Right? All suburban white women. Tom Tillis cut taxes. Tom Tillis. And that's a big part of what helped Trump get the, you know, was suburban white voters. Yep. And he didn't mention anything about Trump. He's, you know, he's taking credit for the things he voted for in the Senate. But he's still like, I think, 22 points behind. Yeah. Uh, Dan Forrest is, I think, 24. I think that, um, yeah, I don't think it's going to be a thing anymore. I think for the, probably the next two cycles, we're not going to have a lot of uh, Republicans in office. Yeah, and you're going to start to see a distancing. You know, uh, those that remain in office are going to start pushing back and I, and hopefully creating a platform that actually provides America with another choice. Because, yeah. I, I mean, again, like I think, uh, you and I are both of the opinion that neither party has all the answers and, you know, ultimately having two people who are both qualified and, you know, like deserving, I guess, ultimately of that role in our country is, and maybe not even two, right? It'd be great if we had more, but if we could at least get two, because yeah. it really seems like a lot of the times we're, we are, we're sitting here going, well, I mean, I can't let that person win, Right. And then is every election going forward for the soul of our country? Because that's how they, that's how they pitch it. You know, it's like, <laughs> I saw a while back, somebody shared this ridiculous picture and it was like a woman who was pregnant in prison. You could see like the baby, you know, like it was a, it was a, like a drawing, you know, and you could like see the baby inside her belly. During this break. You will hear the sultry tones of Christopher Smith. You're such an idiot, dude. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've been listening to the um, Nick Offerman, um, it like Paddle Your Own Canoe book right. on Audible, read by I, him. I forgot something. I'm sorry. Yeah, you're good. Scooby Dooby Doo, Scooby Dooby Bobby Dee 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 Doo. Let's check out some of these sound pads. Ooh, oh, I like that one. Ooh, yeah, we're gonna use that one some. We're getting all kinds of funky up in here. Uh, let's see how do I go back I forgot here we go sound design preset I had to help Jay Lee with something real quick sorry about that you're good I'm I'm sitting here uh, playing with the sound presets (laughs) you're good oh I got laughter I can do laughter now Oh, so you're saying uh, something about Tom Tillis, third party falls apart. Yeah, I don't even remember. It's not really that important. I mean, ultimately, like, I think 
it's what you're seeing from a lot of Republicans is too little too late. You know, like it's they're trying to distance themselves. They're trying to say, I've always been pro mask. I've always been this and that. And it's like, ultimately, people know enough people know, I think, that you weren't, you know, that you're lying, that ultimately, like, you didn't do what was best for the country. You decided to side with partisan politics. And like, uh, uh, you know, it's kind of interesting. I I guess it's kind of silly in a way, or maybe, maybe ironic, probably not, but politics doesn't belong in, in our politics. You know, like, like we, we used to talk in business about people politicking, right? Where it's like, you're, you're, you're trying to grab power. You're trying to take something away. You want, you know, a position of, of authority over something else. You want control of this. And ultimately it's like, what's best for the business, right? What's best for the organization should be what we're all focused on. It doesn't, you know, if my group belongs under your group, great like that's cool we'll figure out how that works if it doesn't don't force it right you don't need to be my boss just because you want to be um and i think to some degree like that's where we end up in politics right we have all of these people who are you know motivated by self-interest and motivated not by representing what's best for their constituents but ultimately what their party or what their party leaders or the president or Whoever it is, and it's like, I mean, if I'm electing you to an office, like, I would hope that I'm selecting somebody that is a free thinker, that, you know, is able to understand the difference between right and wrong, you know, and and can clearly draw that line regardless of where the other people in his party or her party may may stand. And that's that's where I just think, like, we are so lacking that on on so many sides. I mean, on both sides, really, like, because there's just two, but. I, I think that you're right. And I, but I also believe that uh, now is a time and I heard somebody, and I think we've talked about this before. I know we have people have nothing, have nothing but time to pay attention to this stuff now. Yeah. So um, that's why everything is so amplified, you know, that's a really good point. And I, I think that there are going to be lot, people are going to learn lessons about, you know, I remember in 2020 because we didn't do the right things or we didn't respond the right way. This was the outcome. And the stove's hot. So, you know, for me, it's a matter of, okay, we, we can tough it out. So I believe the election's going to happen. We're going to get through that in some shape. And I, yeah. I'm hopeful that it works out to where, worst case scenario, we replace a couple senators. Best case scenario, we replace a couple senators and the person in the Oval Office. Yeah. Um, hopefully the whole white house. I don't want any of them left. Oh yeah. <laughs> that squad, that squad needs to retire, bro. Like they are so in over their head. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, I think, uh, you know, in a lot of, we were talking a little bit earlier about, you know, is it, is, is a lot of what we're experiencing now, ultimately just a lack of leadership. And I think it, it is like, we're kind of going through a perfect storm here, right? Like we yeah. have, we have climate issues that are starting to culminate and create, you know, just like catastrophic situations in places across this country. We have a virus and a pandemic that we don't seem to really understand or be right. on the same page in terms of how we're all trying to fight this together. 
we have an economic crisis that we're all rolling through in one way or the other. Like, even if you haven't lost your job or something like you, I mean, we're all feeling this in some way, shape or form. And what we don't have right now is somebody that I think as a whole, we can look at and say, like, I believe in that person, you know, like I believe that whether or not, you know, they've, it's not a matter of providing the miracle like they're doing their best and i just don't i don't get that sense you know what i mean like i i keep i don't remember i i don't remember why it is that i keep coming back to this but for some reason i keep coming back to john kennedy and you know the the quote ask not what your country can do for you but ask what you can do for your country and I feel like we've gotten so far away from that understanding of community and country and what it really means to be an American, you know, like to be a citizen of the United States, that it's not, it's not about you. Like this is all about us together. Like that's how this, I mean like fucking United States, U S like that's us. Like, I mean, I know it's fucking corny as shit, but for, for God's sake, like, well, you said a key word. It's it's called being a citizen, right? And we have become so so much individuals that that's not even a thought, right? Um, you know, with the law and order message, and the you know scary people are going to come to your neighborhood and, and what have you, dude. What do you think is was happening before you said that? Do you think people were just like waiting for something to happen to where like, oh, now's our time to go and and do all these crazy things like that's not going to happen dude um it's it's like i mean people i mean there is a not everybody because there's always going to be that element but for the most part i would say a good vast majority of people aren't trying to go out and do harm to other people yeah so let's move on let's that's the wrong message dude Um, i mean i think it's it's ultimately because it all ties into everything right like it comes that comes back to why it's not you know like the message about defund the police it's not I, in my mind right it's not saying get rid of police it's saying police shouldn't be the answer for all of the things that we have police being the answer for right reallocate the funds that we're currently and, and even if it's a matter of retraining police officers right for other roles where they're not carrying a gun and a badge you know, like where ultimately they're not deciding somebody's life where they don't hold somebody. Cause I, I just, I keep coming back to that where it's like, at what point does a police officer's life become more important than the person that they've, you know, that they're interacting with? At what point do we make that distinction? Right. Is it the point right. where somebody commits a crime, you know, you sped. So now because I feel threatened, I have the right to shoot you. Like, you know, I mean, like at at what point do we draw that line? That's what I just don't seem to understand. There doesn't seem to be like any real agreement. It's like, well, if I, if I think something, I mean, you're a fucking trained police officer, you know, like you're, you, you, and I get like, maybe the training and stuff isn't, isn't thorough enough. Sure. We can examine that, but ultimately like you've gone through something that the citizen that you're interacting with hasn't. 
right? Like so your job really, is not to escalate the situation. You ever think about this? Like you probably wouldn't have police shooting people if they didn't have guns. Well, we probably wouldn't be worried about people with guns if we actually had gun laws, <laughs> like, yeah. you know, um, it, it's, well, but if you take away guns from good citizens, then only the bad citizens have guns. Like in Australia, where they have no guns. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, like I, I, I'm with you in that. I, like, I'm at the point where I just say, like, fuck it, dude. Get rid of guns. Guns aren't a thing. Get rid of missiles. Get like, get rid of all this shit. You well, know we what? Need uh, <laughs> no, but I like. I'm serious. Like, why? Why do we need? Like, if we could just get everybody to get over this shit because this whole idea of mutual destruction being the only thing keeping us alive are you fucking kidding me that we as human beings can't look at each other and say let's fucking figure this shit out you know like dude for fuck's sake like we all just want to live can't we just fucking i'm sorry i know again like i i just i mean but like let's but if you look at it historically we've always had wars we have i mean we are we are a warmongering type of that's again where i I, you know my question earlier it's like aliens mermaids some new life form right that comes along and it's like hey how are you fucking shoot you in the head and steal your shit like (laughs) that's who we are were those what? fucking people? I mean, fucking South Park, like they did that shit. Where the fucking aliens <laughs> show up and they fucking kill them and steal the technology and then lie about it when the whole thing was a fucking plot to see whether or not humans were mature enough in order to join the intergalactic shit. And we're not. Like we're fucking infants in this shit. You know? I mean, we're fucking seven year olds. I'm sorry, just. But, uh. but. I, I hear your passion. Yeah, but, you do, because it's loud. I'm yeah. sorry. <laughs> look, at it, look at it this way. When you, if you were to just accept that part of our DNA, mm-hmm. okay, let's let's move on. But you, you have laws created to cover the gaps in the law, right? So I was reading up on the Second Amendment and the militia or the people that were supposedly allowed to be the people with arms are the states and the national is actually there's two schools of thought on that one's the national guard and the other one is like some other thing i didn't really dig into too much yeah but it's like so how do we get that out of context like literally how do we get that out of context to where people feel the need to you know run around with a with a gun yeah where are the constitutional lawyers and yeah, I want to take away your guns because <laughs> you don't need them. Like, you know, let's, let's eliminate the whole gun thing. I, I, I'm, I'm with you because I, I don't, I, I mean, show me a country, right? Show me one example where gun ownership is as readily available as it is here in the United States. And they figured it out because I, I, it doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. I mean, it just doesn't. And you're going to get this, you know, well, we're not Europe and we're not Australia and we're not all these other countries. And the second that they take our guns away, that's when the military rules. And it's like, then who the fuck are you electing? I mean, yeah. for God's sakes, like what, what are you people doing? You know, like you've got Donald Trump in the White House and you're still afraid that the fucking government is going to roll into your town and take over. <laughs> You know, I mean, like, this is what, you know, but no, then it becomes Antifa. 
You know, it's these busloads and plane loads of Antifa that are showing up in rural Midwest somewhere and they're going to destroy the town. They literally had fucking police and shit. Like, you know, these fucking like built thrown together militias waiting for groups of people that never showed up because who the fuck cares? <laughs> Who's going to tiny towns to start shit? Nobody gives a fuck. I mean, I'm yeah. sorry. Like, nobody gives a shit about your tiny town. <laughs> Excuse me. I God. I just can't that, help myself. That's Chris's uh final thought for the day. <laughs> Nobody cares about your tiny town. I am two and two thirds of a beer in. It's been <laughs> one hell of a Tuesday. And oh, I'm I'm God. feeling great. I mean, like I just um listen, America and and the rest of the world, because we get we get listens all over the place and I love that. I'm I don't want you to think that like I hate you. I don't. Like I really don't. I'm I love living here. It is it is I understand how incredibly fortunate I am as a human being to be born in America. Like I could have been born anywhere else, right? I mean like and I did I got bo- I was I had the the fortitude, <laughs> I guess the fortune to be born here and to grow up as as free as pretty much I think anybody in the world can. And but the but the truth of the matter is we are not the only place that provides this type of lifestyle. And what right. we are currently doing is not the only solution. We we need to understand that in order to be a better country, we have to learn and grow just like we would as human beings. I mean, you don't you don't spend your life with the same views that you had when you were a child. As you grow and mature, as we've talked about, you gain life experience and you move on and you understand that maybe the views that you had previously aren't correct. You know, that they that they don't hold water and you've learned new information. It's okay to change your mind. And, you know, I, I, am, I am one of those people who likes to believe that I am open to that. You know, that, that I work on a daily basis to educate myself beyond what is just spoon fed to me, you know, to right. go out and like look for that other side of the story. And part of it is, is honestly because we do this podcast every week because I don't want to come on here and, and give my opinion without being at least somewhat informed, you know, cause I, I, I mean, I, I know we don't have like, you know, I mean, we're not, nationally syndicated or anything like that but ultimately like we have people that listen and you know like i think you and i both take pride in what we do and we want to provide a good experience and a good podcast for people and so i hope everybody understands that we don't come on here i mean i mean yeah like i say crazy shit and i'll disparage an entire group of people and a lot of it is just kind of done in fun like it really is i is it though it is. I mean, like, I'll be honest. A lot of it is is very tongue in cheek. I mean, I, and I may be upset at the moment, but the truth is, like, I, you know, I kind of talked about it last week that, like, I've been I've been really focused lately on trying to live my life in a way that I would be proud to see my child live her life, and I don't want to write people off. I don't want to exclude people simply because of where they've been in the past. I want to give people the opportunity to you know, gain new knowledge and move on and, and grow from their experiences. And I think like you've talked about, there's a lot of people who voted for Trump in the past who understand that 
at this time in our country, this is not the man that we ultimately need leading us. That we are much more likely to fall off a cliff following this man than we are to find, you know, <laughs> Valhalla or whatever. <laughs> I don't know, but El Dorado. Um, I guess we're not all trying to go to Valhalla. Um, yeah, because if we'll have to be dead to get the Valhalla. Right. So El Dorado. Um, you know, like I, I, I believe, like, like I think you've talked about that this is a special country. You know that there is something inherently unique about what what has been the experiment of America. And that there are enough people who feel like you and I do, that we are not going to allow the extremists on either side to push the conversation, that we've kind of had enough. And I'm really hoping that 2020, you know, is the year in terms of elections that we see that come out and that moving forward, we see a much more diverse, you know, a set of options when it comes to who we're electing and that people take the right. time to really do their research into who they're voting for because i think for far too long we've allowed the same people to make the same mistakes and to profit off of our lack of interest and i'm uh, you know I'm, I'm hoping that there's enough of us that are done with that because i, I sure as shit am <laughs> yeah you're not wrong and, I, and I, I just think that um yeah i mean we have a couple options one we change the senate and the president, or we just change the Senate. So I don't, I definitely think the Senate's going to change. Yeah. There, I'm with you in that. I mean, you, you looking at the numbers, there's no way, there's yeah. no way that there isn't some amount of change and turnover there. And if we get a, uh, a blue house and Senate, I mean, what is, what is a reelected Trump going to do for the next four years, but piss and moan. I mean, I, and to some degree, right. Wasn't that where Obama kind of sat in the last four years? Or I was like, I mean, shit, uh, there's only so much I can get done when I don't. I mean, granted, like Trump hasn't done anything to try and engage Congress at this point, you know, and, and he prides himself in it, uh, which I don't understand. I mean, like, you know, I mean, if you're if you're the art of the deal guy, then where are the deals? I mean, that's what that's what I don't get. Like, where where are the deals? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They're all being made. In uh, in some back room somewhere That's, in China, that, I guess, yeah. <laughs> or Russia. <laughs> I mean, the guy is not. I mean, he's not who he says he is, and that's that's what I hope people realize. He's not. He was never a good businessman, and I I can honestly admit that I remember back in the days, and like I'd hear songs get that Trump money, right? And he had a very good marketing person working for him. I have. <laughs> in a box because i refuse to put it out somewhere a trump bobblehead that says you're fired because wow. the first season of the apprentice you know i mean like my my dad was huge he loved the first season of the apprentice and so i got kind of into it. it was like oh that's funny you fired you know i mean look the dude as a freaking you know tv celeb whatever you know i can laugh at him but yeah. he's not a fucking president. I, I shouldn't want to laugh at the president. I mean, are we going to, you know, I, I would no, no sooner elect Jimmy Kimmel, you know, or Jimmy Fallon or Conan O'Brien <laughs> than I would tr Donald Trump. Like, I just, these aren't the people that run our country. These are the yeah. people that entertain us. Leave it at that. 
Well, so, well, I... Ooh, I, even better. We turn the presidential race into a reality TV show where America votes online, just like, like The Bachelor. And we'll have, like, roses and shit like that. It'll be great. Come on. That's the only way we're going to get more of America involved in this. ABC, I'm looking at you. <laughs> yeah, I, I hope that never happens. But uh, <laughs> put that sprinkle a little Disney magic on it. <laughs> <laughs> I I did watch this documentary on uh, Trump's first term, dude. It's funny to reflect on the fact that after he made all those racist comments, they dumped The Apprentice. Uh, Macy stopped selling his uh, cr- crappy suits. And ties. Um, He's else? done more for Black America than any president, except maybe, maybe Abraham Lincoln. Maybe. <sighs> I know. I, and look, we tried so hard and we made it like an hour and 15 minutes without talking about him. And we just, I mean, we couldn't help it. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's, it's really what happened is I got to the end of my third beer. And so I was just like, well, the filter's gone now. So yeah, Andre's not going to stop me <laughs> via the camera. No, I don't want to talk about him. I know. I'm sorry. But, you could. You just. We need like a symbol, or you know, you just like you know, you just put up your middle finger anytime <laughs> that you don't want me to stop talking about Trump, and I'll stop talking about him. Yeah, I. Yeah, I just want. I want the election to get here. Like I'm looking forward to that. I want to see like something. And my disclaimer is, the only way that our political system is going to change is if we hold these people that we put into office responsible. Yeah. And we just have to have a long memory and you know, all their, their gaps and their failures and their crappy votes and backroom dealings. I mean, we should be like the, the media should be reporting on that. Yep. I don't care about all the other stuff. I care about the, the big issues, yep. you know, and that's, yeah, I'm so with you on that. The, the, the news, right? Like, I mean, the news media has has taken the bait, hook, line, and sinker, and we're we're dealing with the the reality TV aspects of this as opposed to the actual policy po- prospects. I'm sorry, I know I interrupted, and I'm. Yeah. It's all right. I just think that that's what they should be reporting on. They should be talking about the facts, um, and it helped to really keep the American people informed. And whether that's a new segment or a new show that really discusses like, you know, big political items in our country that er- that affect everybody, not the, you know, supposed like, oh, this one bill only affects Montana. Sure, whatever. It's it's kind of how um, I'm always impressed that when I was researching Mr. Sanders' record, he voted for a lot of stuff for Delaware. I mean, for uh, Vermont, changing post offices, post office names and street name. I'm like. That's that's a thing, but at least he looked after his state. And I'm not cr- criticizing him, but those should be beyond public record. They should be communicated upon. Yeah. You know, I don't care about post office changes in Vermont. I care about the big issues that these guys are voting on. You know, um, so if anybody you're listening that that works for a news station, that would be great news. Yeah, that's the kind of stuff I would love to read. You know, I'd be much more engaged with that than the crap we're getting right now because it's, you know, it's, it's frustrating to, to, I, you know, kind of like feel like you're doing your best to stay informed and yet knowing that ultimately 
you know, unless you're actively going out and seeking alternate sources that you're getting everything presented in a specific way, you know? And right. I, I, it's, maybe that's part of where we are, you know, in our country is, or part of what the issue is, is like, I feel like we used to have these figures that we kind of like looked at and trusted, you know, whether it was like a Walter Cronkite, you know, or, or somebody like that, where it's like, the, or Dan rather, yeah, or... you know, like, I mean, any of those guys where you didn't get opinion, you know, it wasn't about their take on it. They just had a way of presenting the facts that, that made you trust them, you know, ultimately. And I think we've gotten so far away from that in the news media to some degree that, like, we've lost that element of trust. I mean, it's not even that I think that there's a poll saying that, like, what is it, like, 40% of Americans or something like that are the only groups that think that, like, the news media isn't presented with bias. So 60% of America thinks that all of the news that they get is presented with some level of bias. Right. So then, I mean, ultimately, you're questioning everything that is thrown at you. And again, like, in the midst of what we're going through right now, that is just exhausting on top of exhaustion. <laughs> you know, like, everything you're getting fed, you're sitting there going, well, is that real? Is that real? Do I need to do, like, 10 hours of research to find out whether or not what this is being... And I mean, right. like, you know, trying to, like, ground news and these other apps and stuff like that that are trying, maybe trying to help. But ultimately, like, I mean, fuck, dude, it... it I am so tired, I feel like, from just trying to stay up on what's going on. It's it's hard. <laughs> I don't know. I, I've got a suggestion. Um, well, and I also want to mention Tom Brokaw. I, I do trust yes, him. Yeah, Brokaw is a great. Uh, C-SPAN should actually have journalists. Like, if they're sitting there all day just recording all this crap, they should have uh, journalists and reporters. Yeah. You know, and this is going to be the last thing. I, like, this guy needs to get out of my head. He's not living rent-free, though. Um, but... Trump wanted to end Stars and Stripes, which is a military newspaper, Yep. which I remember reading as a kid. My dad would get it. And I'm like, this guy, he talks about fake news all day long. But one of the last bastions of like a free and open press that's not really biased, like this is what you want to do. I remember reading Stars and Stripes when because uh, my dad was part of a team that may have been associated with another team that actually probably off the record, possibly trained the Taliban. But, you know, so, you know, I remember seeing a picture on the front of the stars and stripe, what the United States was doing. So yeah. that is, and granted that didn't help us out later on, but no, but um, I mean that type of honest reporting, I mean, like, like, I mean, for fuck's sake, we cannot look at everything through rose colored lenses. Like, we right. can't view our own history in such a, um, you know, a biased view that we're unwilling, and you know, it's not to sit there and go through everything with a fine tooth comb and re revise what history should have been. You know, it's not that we look at the founding fathers and say, well, there's nothing of value they provided. But that doesn't mean that we can't look and say, look, yeah, some of these things are great. Other things that they had in mind, we realize now we're not such great ideas. Right. I mean, like for Disney, right. Yeah. Small world. Yeah. My wife hates that. Me too. Like she really, when so we same, went the first same shit, <laughs> different yeah, country. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she hates that. She's like, why are they, why aren't native Americans there? Why don't they talk about what happened with the native Americans? And I'm like, yeah, that's, this is the Disney clean version. Yeah. You know, we still, you know, 
we keep those myths going like we we saved this country. We were colonists. Well, some of us were. Yeah. <laughs> some of us had a one-way pass, but we didn't create this. We didn't discover this. Yeah. You know, I mean, like that's the thing. Yeah, I- I'm with you. Like and it is this, you know, these re- revisionist you know, rose-colored history lenses that we look through that you know, it's like, well, ultimately what we did was I mean, yes, there were people here before, but they weren't really doing anything with the land. So, you know, what we're doing now makes much more sense. If they'd been doing this, we wouldn't have taken over. But they were just kind of like, they were all like, use the whole buffalo. And we're like, fuck that, leave half of it there, and we'll just kill them all. (laughs) By the way, do you guys have any more buffalo? Because we can't seem to find any anywhere. That's true. Sorry. Well, I'm... (laughs) All right. <laughs> I know we we're just like let's let's just depress everybody for an hour. Yeah. <laughs> here at the end of the podcast. So if you stuck through the whole way, um my man. My man. <laughs> and this again, this is what you know, we'd have lunch. It wouldn't well it'd be about an hour. We just yep. talk about stuff. Um, <laughs> I mean, these are literally the conversations we would have had at lunch if we had done yeah. this today. <laughs> yeah. We're like, yeah, this is just what happened. Now I feel up to date and I, I feel like I'm not by myself in this watching this crazy movie. Uh, for There is a reason that I labeled uh, our last trailer as commiseration. <laughs> it's true. Because, I mean, like, uh, there is something relieving about sharing you know like, i mean maybe it's venting ultimately like yeah. just saying these things out loud but having somebody that you can talk to about these things and and half the time they they may sit there and go okay like i i hear what you're saying but are you understanding that like <laughs> this is kind of what is going on right or they're like no like that's fucked up man you know like it's there's just something that feels good about be- having somebody that, you know, you you can talk to about this. And I think it comes back to, you know, a lot of what we've lost. I don't even think it's just here in the United States. I think it's it's a it's something that's occurring globally is this this we're missing out on the on the human element of all of this. You know, like it's, are we though? Well, maybe not. I mean, maybe the human element is the problem. Maybe we need to eliminate that. But think about, think about it this way. <laughs> think about it this way like people have to stay with their families more right you, which is a probably, good thing i think yeah, in you, some way because i mean this is how we used to do things right and you probably have more enriched relationships right now than you possibly have in the last 18 months most people yeah. right if they really stop long enough to think about it um and that's what i think we're missing like the um I think we're really missing the lessons because of our own selfishness. And, you know, if we could step back just long enough, because I know the pandemic's hard, blah, blah, blah. We're all on different scales. You know, are we, you know, like, not that I'm the model, but I'm thinking about people that have less than I, than than I do right now. You know, I'm, I'm probably enjoying different parts about my, my family. You know, there's a lot of lessons that we could probably learn right now if we focused on just asking the question, hey, what could I be learning right now? Yep. 
Um, and, and yeah, we're maybe we're not traveling as much yet. Yeah, maybe like I didn't go to Puerto Rico this year. That's okay. But, you know, I'm getting to try to connect with my daughter, try, you know, get to spend a lot more time with my wife, which is great. There are, you know, I'm finding ways to reach out to my family in different ways. And those are, there are a lot of lessons that we just can't gloss over because it's not comfortable. Yeah. And I, I, you know, I think if, you know, that's what I think would be helpful for people to remember. Yeah. Super inconvenient, but ask yourself, what could you be learning right now? What, how can you flex some different muscles to improve your life? Super hard. Totally an inconvenience. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Again, we're super glad you joined us. You can always find us on, Spotify, Yahoo. I almost said Yahoo. He I did. Why. I don't know why. Yeah. I like, why? <laughs> is, is Yahoo even a company? I, hey, I mean, technically, but they got garbage news. Yeah. Spotify, SoundCloud, uh, Apple Music, or Apple Podcasts. Uh, in, tune in. in tune? tune in on tune Amazon. In the on one Amazon. person who's listening there, which might have been me. Um, <laughs> What else? Uh, Google Music, so YouTube Music. I I haven't been doing a great job of getting the trailers up on YouTube lately, but I'm going to try and catch up on that maybe this week. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, again, if somehow you're listening to this and you'd rather listen to us somewhere else, shoot us a message. Let us know. Let us uh, know. You, can, you can reach us at the Chris and Andre show at gmail.com. Uh, our website is chrisandandreshow.com where we, you know, every now and then we write stuff and it's actually another, like our personal home for all of the, all the episodes. Yeah. And Shoot. we often cut out little clips and stuff like that. So you may, if you don't want to listen to a whole hour as we're going on almost two hours now today, uh, and you just want to know who Chris's top 10 white rappers are, no worries. We've got that all split out just for you. And so I'm trying to do a little bit more of that, cut some of this stuff out so you guys can have some little curated content here and there as well. Yeah. And we're very appreciative to everybody that listens. Uh, if you have feedback, you can always hit us up on our comment forum on the website. Shoot us an email at the Chris and Andre show at gmail.com. And uh, again, can't tell you how grateful we are that you guys are you know taking the time to listen. I mean, we, enjoy- we could, but we're two hours in, so we're just going to keep it short. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Laughter. Yeah, we're we're grateful that you guys listen and we love to do this. We'll keep doing this because it's fun for us. We can fund our own dream. And um we are bootstrap, baby. We are really bootstrapped. As always, <laughs> I'm Andre. And I am Chris. And we'll talk to you soon. You're such a beautiful <laughs>